Cut to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know we're from Channel 5. Cameron Justice joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Cameron, how are we doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good. If Brian Robinson's friend with the hat came up to you and said, I need you to wear this hat to promote my business, would you do it? Absolutely, I'd wear a big hat. Are you kidding me? See, because the big hat seems fun. You know, like the big hat does seem fun. If uh, if Garrett Bush came to you with a panda logo and said, uh, promote the barbershop Saturdays here, uh, you know, 8 to 12 on 92.3 The Fan, and it made you look like a disco ball, would you do it? I would. Yeah, I feel like you would. But Listen, you, you got to wear that kind of stuff. It's fun. Have fun with it. I thought about having fun with it, and then I also thought about how the internet stays forever. And I was like, I, 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 can't, I, can't let, I can't let myself do that. I can't. I, I am not... I, it's not that I respect myself too much to be beyond that, uh, Cameron. It's just there's, like, one thing I can't pull off. It's, like, sequence and glitter. It just doesn't work for a guy that really only – I can only pull off a golf polo, and that's about it. Listen, it's fair, but, you know, I have pictures wearing, like, the Kanye stunner shades, like the <laughs> – and those, those don't go away. So, you know, you just got to live with it. You look back 10, 15 years, and you're like, wow, I look like a disco ball. But what a great friend I was being. Look at me go. <laughs> I, you're not wrong. Do you have a Do you have a most embarrassing photo that is hanging out on the internet? On the internet, it's probably that one with that my one? sunglasses, or one of my like I had a emo scene phase. I don't think that's embarrassing. I'm very no. okay with it. But definitely, like <laughs> if you saw it, you're like, who is she with my bright red bangs? <laughs> uh, when I listened to Good Charlotte growing up, did that count as emo for me, or is that not emo enough? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. No, it's you can. There's different levels to it for sure, for sure. But yeah, you know. <laughs> One of my best friends growing up. So like we like we did sports and everything together, and like we were just we were both obsessed with sports. That's why we became best friends. And then around like eighth grade, he became really emo. And like so, I I went to just to support my friend. Right, I went to so many of his concerts where he was like, he was a guitarist in an emo band and like, like eighth grade high school and about freshman year or so after I'm telling, I'm not kidding. I Cameron, I probably went to a hundred different emo concerts and they never got better either. That was the best part of it. They never got better. It was just, it was me and like seven other people for every concert. I was like, listen, man, we might have to go our separate ways now. Like this, like, this might be it. <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've been there, I've been there going to ska shows at the grog shop and then <laughs> watching football on Sundays. It's <laughs> a complete turnaround, you know. You'd be surprised the balance that the emo community had. <laughs> yes, it was very good. Uh, Cameron, you're going to be, I would assume, talking to Deshaun Watson tomorrow. I don't know if we have that confirmed or not, but quarterbacks usually speak on Wednesday. Uh, first off, we don't have that confirmed yet, right? Uh, we're expecting it. Okay, expecting it. What are you expecting out of the reaction tomorrow? Because I don't know what else people can learn about Deshaun Watson that we don't already know outside of maybe what sort of therapy or what sort of classes maybe he went through in the previous couple months. Uh, but we know people are going to ask the questions. What are you expecting? Yeah, I think that. I think talking to him about what his time away has been, if he's been able to reflect on this situation, if he's been able to use the time that he's been away, not only from the building, but away from the field and practice and then the game to not only reflect on the reason why he was away, but to reflect on how it, how it comes full circle now that he's returning, how it's looked with preparation with the Browns and fitting into this offense and fitting in with this team and fitting in with Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and really just taking what he's been able to learn in meetings and how he feels he's going to be able to translate that on the field, what he's done in practice the past couple of weeks that he's been able to be back out there. I think there's a lot of things 
to find out. And it's probably a lot more than we're going to find out in one day. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got several, several weeks to talk to him. That's going to be a regular thing now. Um, but I do. And there's going to be a lot of questions now, um, especially about Sunday. Obviously we're going to, we're going to hear a lot about what Sunday looks like for him and the anticipation of returning to the game after almost two years. And especially with it being his former team, but, now there's the knowing that some of his accusers will be at the game and that added pressure. So those will be questions that are asked and things that he's going to have to answer. And so just hearing what he's able to, uh, and what he's, I guess, open to sharing too, because I we don't know how he's going to respond to these things. I mean, mm-hmm. you can ask him about therapy and as much as it's important and a lot of people want to know what he's been able to do. Therapy is a very personal thing too. And I know this is a very public matter, um, but in the grand scheme of things, therapy and, and the sessions are, are private. So that might be something that he doesn't share. So it, I, there's a lot, there's a lot going on for sure. It's going to be a very busy day tomorrow. Were you surprised that Tony Busby got the suite and is going to have the women there? Or is this something you know, we we, t- we had Tony Busby on the station a couple times all throughout the summer, and uh, you know, I'm not going to say this doesn't surprise me, Cameron, but uh, it didn't seem like this would be a reach for him to do this type of Busby. Yeah, and I talked to him today actually, and it wasn't. I'm not under the impression that he went out and did it himself. Now, obviously, you have to take everything that anyone says, you know, with a grain of salt. But he did make it clear, like women who are his clients. There's a few of them came to him. He said that he would never encourage them to do like to go to the game, but a few of them came to him and said they wanted to. And that's when he got the suite. Now, uh, it did surprise me a little bit just because, you know, this, this is a very serious situation. And, you know, a lot of times that's, that's a very difficult thing to, to put yourself in a situation like that if you've been through something like that. Right. And so to see that it was a, a little shocking, but, from what they said, it's the the women who are going are their intentions are allegedly to just make themselves known, make their presence known that they're not going away, that this story is not going away. But at the same time, not every woman who was involved in these lawsuits has said they're going. Mm-hmm. A, a fraction of them wanted to go. So it's, Certainly an interesting turn, um, but I mean, these are all grown adults who can make their own decisions and they handle their situations in whatever way they feel fit for themselves. And I'm never going to say there's mm-hmm. a right or wrong way to to approach something. And so as much as it might be shocking, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like <laughs> there's one right or wrong way or that, that it, it's outrageous or anything like that. I mean, it honestly, it is what it is. You just yeah. have to let people deal with things in the, in the way they see fit. No, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Cameron Justice joining us here, uh, of course, from Channel 5 on 92 Through the Fan. Uh, is Deshaun Watson, I was making the case earlier that he might be in a no-win situation this weekend based off the idea that the Texans are so bad. So even if he looks great, the fans are going to be like, well, of course he looked great. Everyone looks great against the Texans. They're a one-win team. They've waved the flag on the season. And if he looks bad, then we might have the sky is falling type discussion as well. So, like, is it out of bounds of me to suggest that Deshaun Watson is in a no-win situation this weekend? Uh, no. I mean, we, I think we talked about this last time I was on here. 
I, I honestly could picture a scenario in which Deshaun Watson plays on Sunday and he doesn't look very great. And then, yeah, it's a Texan. So it's, you know, the sky is falling situation, but it's not necessarily just because he doesn't have it. It's like he hasn't played in almost two years and he's got a lot of rust to shake off. And even playing that one preseason game for the few snaps that he was able to take, he didn't look great. And Mm -hmm. some of that was because some drops and some of it was shaking the rust off and getting the jitters out, but that's not enough time. And so I think as he's in the game more, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it took him some time to really find a groove. I think he is, the winning scenario is that it is the Texans and they are not a great team. So even if he comes out the gate looking a little rusty, a little shaky and not looking his best, I think the, with a full game, getting those reps and getting to shake that rust off, there's no better team to do it against in terms of talent and production, what they've been doing this season. They're a one win team. I mean, you can, you can shake that rust off and still be able to come back and, and get yourself a win and, and look good by the end of the game, if that's what it takes. But yeah, it's, it does kind of feel like a, a no win situation just because, and at, at the end of the day, everything that he does will have that probably for the entire rest of his career. <laughs> like there always will be the, the bickering, the back and forth. It's, it's a polarizing situation off the field translates to on the field. And so when something doesn't go right on the field, it translates to the off the field. And so that's something that he's just going to have to, that's his reality now, really. Yeah. And so that, that, that goes into this, like, we're going to see how mentally tough he is in terms of dealing with all of that and how it translates to him bouncing back on the field. That's a really big hurdle he's going to have to face. And that starts on Sunday. Let me ask you about Kareem Hunt. Uh, since the New England game, he's got total rushing yards of 12, 4, 42, 9, 32, and 15. He hasn't been involved in the passing game much either. Uh, he's averaging career lows in yards per attempt, career lows in yards per reception. Is it the Browns that have given up on Kareem and maybe are suggesting that at 27 he's starting to fall off a cliff? Or is it just... I, I, anytime anyone's trying to make the case that it's like this massive duo between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I'm like, pay attention. He hasn't been that in six weeks. It's a, for whatever reason, they're not using him right now. Why is that, Cameron? Well, he had some struggles there. When they were giving him the ball, he just wasn't able to get anything going. And that's, I, mean, I think they talked about it. It was a little bit of a rough, rough patch for him, rough time going when he was trying to get those runs going. And so when you have that, yeah, you, you're obviously, you give him the ball, you give him the ball, you give him the ball. If he's just not getting it going, you're going to eventually move on. And they, they've been able to incorporate a lot of other things in that offense to make it successful. And you, know, you have Nick Chubb, right? So it's not like if you don't have Kareem Hunt going, if, if Nick Chubb can do something and nine times out of ten he can, yeah. well, then you're fine. I think it also is – Nick Chubb has had games where he was just stalled. Not this week, the week before. Mm-hmm, exactly I mean, right. You have those situations, and part of it is offensive line play. I mean, they've been struggling at times, been moving around with injuries. That's really – it's been a big deal for them. And so if, if Nick Chubb can't get it going, I know Kareem Hunt is a very good talent himself, but, I mean, we all know what Nick Chubb is able to do. He can, he can create and find gaps and, and break tackles and – get big runs 
when no one else could. You, you don't even see it, and, and Nick Chubb can do it. So Kareem Hunt is capable of doing those things too, but you see it more from Nick Chubb. And if Nick Chubb can't do it, well, that's probably telling about what your offensive line is able to do in terms of blocking. And then even the tight end situation with David Njoku out, mm-hmm. he's been huge in the run game with blocking and him out with that high ankle sprain. I think that really does play a big part of it. So I think it's a, a mix of, you know, Kareem Hunt hitting a wall in, the, in that run game and just kind of not finding those breakout moments. And then the Browns kind of shift away a little bit from him. And then it's a mix of that and, and that offensive line and, and the tight end situation, the injuries, and just overall production for the run game. I think that plays into it. I don't think it's, you know, he's hit a wall and that's it. He's done. I think it's a rough patch mixed with other rough patches, which is the really bad situation for everybody right now. Is the David Njoku catch number one of one for you while covering the Browns? Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I think it's got to be up there, right? Like that's no, it's definitely one of one. It's got. It has to be. What else would there be? I mean, time and situation <laughs> has to matter in this discussion, right? Because we can come up with some random catches. We can come up with some random times where it mattered the most. But think about it. Like they went. They went 55 minutes without scoring a touchdown, Cameron. Like, everyone mm-hmm. would have talked about Jacoby Brissett's final game as being a complete dud if Njoku doesn't haul that down. But he did haul it down, and then you get the win in overtime, and it's just, I mean, that's just a moi chef's kiss. That's as good as it gets. I, I think it is. And, and knowing the whole thing, knowing that it was a play that they were going to throw out, and then they brought it back because they were like, okay, wait, he can do that. I think that does make it. All of it, the storyline of just that, that one play, and that just encapsulates like what David Njoku was able to do. That jump, like he's the only one that could have made that catch. He's the only mm-hmm. one that could have got that ball. Jacoby Brissett put it exactly where he needed it. For David, it seemed a little high, right? But that's like that's what David Njoku can do. And you put him in those situations, those jump balls, those 50-50 balls, where it's him and somebody else, and he's going to get up there and he's going to get it. That was just peak. That was peak David Njoku and his talent and. So, yeah, one of one. I, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again anytime soon. Let's hope so. But that was insane. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to put it on, like, the walls in Berea and everything like that. And it's gonna, it's, it's cool. It's one of those moments. It's just so cool. All right, Cameron, last one. We'll get you out of here. Um, I don't know if you've been following around on, like, Spotify, but they have the, the, uh, the, the like, Insta-fests. Have you seen people, like, post these at all? Yes, I have made mine. You majors. Okay, good. I was going to ask you, like, how many emo bands are still on yours? Okay, what, oh my God, what, so what is the headline of your fest? What, what's your fest? What's your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for your fest? People that don't know what we're talking about, it basically tastes everything that you listen to on Spotify, and then it makes a festival out of it with the different musicians. Oddly enough, mine had a bunch of comedians on it. I was like, I, am I the only person that uses Spotify to listen to comedy and Ken Carmen and Anthony? I don't know. But uh, all right, what's your Monday? What's your Tuesday? What's your Wednesday? All right, I've got... Monday headlining is Harry Styles. Naturally. That's a good opener. I like that. Tuesday opening is Drake. Drake. Okay. And our opening, I say headlining. And uh, Wednesday headlining is the one and only Taylor Swift. Boom. <laughs> but it's the, it's, the, it's the people who are in the mix and the lineups that are, I mean, it's very, very diverse. We've got some John Mayer. We've got Kid Cudi. We've got Paramore. We've got Lil Baby. <laughs> we've got Camila Cabello. We've got Labyrinth. <laughs> I mean, it gets, it gets a little wild here. 
Uh, let me tell you. Max, some DJ Khaled, Jack Harlow. Young you, you have great, no, you have great taste. Let me tell you this. I think so. My hot take on uh, on Midnight's, which is Taylor Swift's latest. Uh, mm. I like Antihero is great. Everyone wants to talk about Antihero. That's fine. You're on your own, kid. Is the one that continues to like play so, days after the fact. You, did you just become one of my favorite people? I Very hope. underrated song. I very hope. underrated song. Glitch, also another, it was one of the 3 a.m. songs. Glitch is a very underrated song. If you're a Taylor Swifty, uh, listen to Glitch because it's a good one. <laughs> love it, love it. Oh, well, maybe we can hang out at the same festivals then. If that's what you're rocking out to, uh, we, we got a lot in common. Thank you, Cameron. Appreciate you as always, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me on. All right, good stuff right there from Cameron, of course.